Welcome back to Everything with the Girls. I'm Grace. I'm Lydia. We're glad to see you again. Not see you again, but we're glad to be back. Again. We're glad to be talking because we never yeah. stop fucking talking. Yeah. Sometimes you're the first person I've talked to all day and it's like 3 p.m. That's true. Talking. Well, I, okay, let me, re- let me rephrase that. I never stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm that person that everyone's like, you know what? It's sometimes nice to sit in silence. I'm like, nope, no, it's not. That's nope. me. I enjoy My silence. anxiety does not allow that. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been doing this week? Just working. Boring. Lockdown. Working. Mm. I've done none of my New Year's resolutions this week. I was going to ask, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Uh, just to read more, really. And it was, like, my biggest one, and I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to flex a little bit right now. So my biggest one was to get over 200 kilos on leg press and I was already at 190. And then we went into lockdown. So that's great. Brilliant. Thanks, Bojo. Yeah. Really got kind of right to the gym. Yeah. Um, and now I think I'm getting ill. So it's brilliant. How about you? Um, same. I've just been working. Um, we're both very sniffly today so yeah, I apologize sorry about that. that I don't know what's going on um I had a news resolution to read a book a week and it's Thursday of week one and I've already fallen behind <laughs> mate I'm still on the book that I wanted to finish by New Year's Eve <laughs> I know I know well I gave um, up on that one so I just thought I'd start again but I don't know it yeah. I don't know some people can do it though but it's kind of unrealistic for me like 50 pages a day that's like, I've done it for me yeah. that's like two hours of reading no, I've, I've done it. I did it. I did it at the start of last year. I read like four books a month for about three, four months. Mm. Um, but that was again like that was when we first went into lockdown as well. And I had no work on, so I, I feel like yeah, as well. Me. Like it means that I ha- I can't do anything else because like if I'm working all day, I finish at six and then I've got to read. I don't know. It feels like a chore to me. Sometimes yeah. I want to sit there and do my cross stitch like a fucking old lady. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've got the hiccups. Um, or zone out on TikTok. No, I do. Tonight. Yeah, I, I did that last night. I, like, I'd had my dinner and it was like seven o'clock. I thought, you know what? I'm really tired. I'm just going to go get cozy, put my electric blanket on in bed and just read. And then I was on TikTok till 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible because I'm just like so engrossed in what's going in, on in America right now. And I just can't, I need to stop because like it's getting to me too much. And I'm getting too angry and it doesn't even relate to me directly. <laughs> so like I need to stop having such a like investment of my time into this because <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's helping no one. <laughs> but yeah, so that's it. So that's, that's our, our week. It's very yeah. boring now we're in lockdown. There's nothing interesting to report. Anyway, let's let's start. Let's start. Well, this week we're yeah. talking about the Shepherd's Bush murders. You've probably never heard of it. I hadn't heard of it. Um, I'm not sure how you knew about it. I knew about it from college. Did you? When I was do- yeah, when I did my forensic science, we had to do um like all different types of cases, like studies of cases. And my teacher like told me about this one. Mm. Um, didn't really like do much into it. I just like, it was just one I skimmed over. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's quite a famous one in this country. Yeah, it's weird. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, but it's one that no, like it's famous, but no one talks about it. Yeah. So the Shepherd's Bush murders are also known as the Massacre of Braybrook Street. 
They involved the murder of three police officers in London by Harry Roberts, John Whitney and John Duddy in 1966. Those were the three men that committed the crime. Mm-hmm. John Whitney um, was known, was a known petty criminal with 10 convictions for theft. He lived with his wife in a basement flat in Fernhead Road, Paddington. John Duddy was a long-distance lorry driver. He'd been in trouble for theft several times when he was younger. Immediately prior to the offence, he had started to drink heavily and had met Harry Roberts and Whitney in a club. Harry Roberts was born in 1936 and was a career criminal with convictions for attempted store-breaking, larceny and robbery of violence, and he was a former soldier who had served in Malaya. So these three men all got together, and this Mm -hmm. is what happened. The officers had stopped to question the three occupants of a car waiting on Braybrook Street near Wormwood Scrubs Prison. Robert shot dead temporary Detective Constable David Woonwell and Detective Sergeant Christopher Head, whilst John Duddy shot dead Police Constable Geoffrey Fox. The three went on the run, initiating a massive manhunt. All three were eventually arrested and subsequently sentenced to life imprisonment. John Duddy died in prison in 1981. John Whitney, the driver of the criminal's vehicle, was also convicted of the murders and he was released from prison in 1991, but was actually eventually killed in 1999 for an unconnected incident, so karma is well. Mm. Harry Roberts became one of the longest serving prisoners in the country, serving 48 years before his controversial release in 2014. Public sympathy for the families of the victims resulted in the establishment of the Police Dependence Trust to assist the welfare of families of British police officers who have died in the line of duty. So let's get into... Well, I tried to research who John Duddy and John Whitney were, but it seems like Harry Roberts is the more famous of the two, the three. Yeah, I suppose because he was like... I think he was like the brains of the gang. Mm. What I find like funny about like this sort of generation is that everyone is called John. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Little John, Big John. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you literally have to do stuff like that to differentiate which John you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Sorry, if you can hear my chair squeak, like, I literally can't do anything about it. I don't know what you want that I can me? Use. Yeah, don't complain. I, I'm aware of it. So, Harry Roberts was known for being an English career criminal. I mean, who else wants to aspire to be anyone anything else? Like a career criminal. It's kind of What do you, what do you want to be, little Harry, when you grow up? Well, I want to be a career criminal and a murderer. That is all I want out of life. <laughs> That's the goal. Yes. If I achieve that, I know I've done well. <laughs> <laughs> Roberts had been involved in crime since he was a child helping his mother sell stolen goods on the back market. During his teenage years, Robert was sentenced to detention after using an iron bar to attack a shopkeeper during a robbery. He served 19 months in in a bar stall for this. Bar stall, that was like a young offenders, wasn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, for people that wouldn't know, it was like a young offenders before a young offenders. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they like were not legal at one point, but they were like school schools for boys so you'd go there and you'd stay there and they would teach you to be an outstanding citizen i know a lot of them they found that like a lot of abuse went on in some of them i think essentially it's like the first it's the original young offenders institution someone was talking about it on i think it was red-handed that was talking about it 
um, I think it was one of their recent episodes. They were talking about Borsal and they found that they'd had a lot of like abuse happen. Oh, and yeah. a lot of the men came out of it, this particular one. And like a, a, like a really high percentage just went on to do crime anyway because they'd been subject to this abuse. I, I don't remember what, what it was, but mm. I've listened to every single episode of Red Handed, so they all mushed together at some point. <laughs> like, so after leaving the ball store, Roberts was called up for national service and joined the Rifle Brigade. Journalist and former armed robber. I mean, you've turned your life around, Johnny Boy, haven't you? <laughs> I mean, people do that, though. You know when people come out of prison and then they decide to talk about what they used to do? Yeah, yeah. People do that a lot, yeah. Yeah. John McVicker said that Roberts had gloated about his killings while in prison and had acquired a taste for killing prisoners of, of war. After leaving the army, Roberts returned to a life of crime and in partnership with Jack Whitney, carrying out numerous armed robberies. So, yeah, he was so a bit Harry, of a bunch. Harry's not the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. But anyway, what happened on the day of the murders? So it's the 12th of August, it's 1966, it's the swinging 60s, everyone's living their best life. Yeah. A Metropolitan Police crew in an unmarked Triumph 2000 Q car. Don't know what that is, but I put that in there for my dad. It's like it's like a know what family that car, I think. Yeah. You'll know what that is. I, feel I, like you're I, can see, I can see what it is in my head because I've seen the photos from this. But yeah. I, other than like a little family car, I can't really describe what it is. <laughs> anyway, Dad, you love a classic car, Dad, so there's your little insert. Yeah. Um, so the car was patrolling East Acton, although the incident was always reported to be um, in Shepherd's Bush, according to media. But it wasn't. They're in East Acton in West London. Um, Detective Sergeant Christopher Tippett Head, age 30, and Temporary Detective Constable David S. Bertram Wombwell. Fucking hell. What name? Age twenty-five, were both members. Does that mean of... he was still in training? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Temporary, so he's still in training. Well, as temporary a DC. detective constable. So I guess he's yeah, he's a he's a, in training to be a DC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like a he's a policeman. Like he's done the rest. Of yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's that promotion. And he's part, the age twenty-five, and he's already a temporary detective. That's kind of impressive. That is, yeah. Um, so they were both members of the criminal investigation department based at Shepherd's Bush Police Station in F division fox truck division the driver the driver was police constable jeffrey roger fox age 41 he was a class one advanced driver a beat constable who had served for many years in f division which covered the whole of metropolitan borough of hammersmith and frequently he acted as a driver due to his vast local knowledge all three officers were in the car they were in plain clothes and were working a nine-to-five shift that day at around 3.15pm, the car turned into Braybrook Street, a residential road on the Old Oak Council Estate bordering Wormwood Scrubs and Wormwood Scrubs Prison. The officers spotted a battered blue standard Vanguard estate van parked at the roadside with three men sitting inside it. I feel like estate vans, like, you know, like the white classic worker vans, They've got such a bad rep because of all the okay. times people commit crimes using them. Oh, yeah. I've been driving down the motorway and I remember seeing one with Megan. And honestly, 
you don't like to stereotype people, but the guy driving it. It's just dodgy. Killer. Yeah, it's just serial dodgy, isn't it? It's like about it. Just the way he looked. Like, he looked like a 70s serial killer. Like, it wasn't even a white van. It was it was literally, like, uh, off, off-white off cream with rusted marks and all this. I was like, Megan, remember that license plate. Yeah. That is going to come up. Creepy. <laughs> Write it down. So... They're outside Wormwood's prison and obviously escapes are sometimes attempted from the prison with the assistance of getaway vehicles and accomplices. So the officers decided to question the occupants. Big mistake. Yeah. It is possible that PC Fox also recognised the van's driver, John Whitney, as a known criminal. And I'll be honest, they probably recognised Harry Roberts, let's be real. Mm. The vehicle also had no tax disc display, which is a throwback. Do you remember them? They used to be a legal requirement in England, like you had to have them on your dashboard. Yeah, like the metallic ones. Now you don't need them, but anyway, back in the 60s, you needed them. So DS Head and DC Woonwell exited the car and walked over to the van where the question, where they questioned Whitney about the lack of the tax disc. He replied that he had not yet obtained his MOT test certificate, which was required before a tax disc could be issued. DS Head asked Whitney for his driving licence and vehicle insurance certificate, noticing that the latter had expired at midday. He told DC Woonwell to write down Whitney's details and walked around to the other side of the van. Okay, so this guy hasn't got an MOT test certificate, hasn't got a tax disc, and also doesn't have insurance. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, from what this information is saying, they had every right to go question the men. Oh, 100%, yeah. Like, if it's an area that's, like, a hot spot for, like, sort of, like, attempted escapes and that's that's mm. where they tend to park and things like that, it's the type of van that would probably be used. And then the fact that they actually are breaking the law by having no tax disc. Mm. Like, it's not, it's not like they're just three bored police officers just needing something to do, just pulling over whoever on the side of the road. Just why it's so weird that it escalates so quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's so unnecessary. I know. So Whitney protested that he'd been caught for the same offence two weeks before and pleaded to be given a break. Well, if that's true, then you already were given a break two weeks ago and you still have done nothing about it. And you're now confessing to a crime. (laughs) Yeah, and you've done it twice now. Are you fucking stupid? (laughs) nothing scares me more than accidentally having an expired MOT so DS Head goes to the other side of the car and looks in he tries to open Robert's passenger door so Robert's is in the passenger seat and um, who's the other guy? Duddy is in the back seat so he tries to open Robert's passenger door but it's locked all the time Robert's is looking fucking sketchy hmm DS Head also then notices a brown canvas bag in the passenger seat, which I imagine is like, you know, the brown paper like a bag. bag. I don't yeah. know, but in my head, it's a brown paper bag that you have, like, you know, like uh, Americans so have, of like, like, a bottle of beer in. Yeah, see, I think of, like, the old, like, army-type duffel bags. Oh, do you? Like, canvas, yeah. I mean, it can it canvas, yeah, so it's not paper, but I don't know why I imagine yeah, yeah, paper. Yeah. Head asks John Duddy to open the bag and Duddy produces a pair of overalls. Kind of weird. However, as he did so, his front seat passenger, Harry Roberts, produced a Luger pistol from the bag and shot DC Woonwell through the left eye, killing him instantly. That... Oh, but they're definitely waiting for someone to like, break out, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's something sketchy. 
I don't if think we have overalls. They're clearly going to need to quickly like put change their clothes or like. I don't put think they ever clothes. even talked about why they were even there or like why really? they're actually even up to. But anyway, it escalates very quickly and he shoots the policeman. DC Head runs back towards his car, but Roberts gets out of the car, chases him, and aims his gun at DC Head's head. Um, the shot hits Head in the centre of his back and he goes down to the ground, but he's not dead. So Roberts runs to him and tries to shoot him again, but the gun's not firing. Very okay. stressful. It's not happening very quickly. He steadies himself and shoots again, but again, no shot. The gun's, the gun's jammed or something. Yeah. DC Head scrambles back to the car to take cover and collapses in front of the bonnet. So the way the cars are parked, so... Whitney is parked like on the side of the road, like you would parallel park, mm-hmm. and then the policemen have driven past their car and kind of parked in front, like they, to they do them. like a diagonal so they yeah. can't just drive off. Yeah. So DC yeah. Head's gone back to the front of the police car and he's like collapsed in front of the bonnet in the front wheels. Mm-hmm. Um. After this happens, John Duddy gets out of the back seat and grabs a thirty-eight Welby service revolver from the bag next to him which also contains a third gun that they never used. Duddy gets out of the car and shoots PC Fox three times through the window as he tries to reverse towards him and Roberts. So PC Fox is the guy that's driving the police car. And as DS Head falls into the front of the car, PC Fox tries to reverse towards the guy's car to get a clear shot of them. But Duddy shoots him through the back windscreen and tries to hit him in the head. Um, PC Fox is also shooting at him at the same time. It's like a whole big shootout massacre thing. You know, it reminds me of, and it's so inappropriate that it reminds me of, you know, in Legend when he's in the pub and he's like, shootout is a shootout. Yeah, it is a bit like that, though. (laughs) Um, Fucking wankers. So Duddy hits PC Fox. Um, and as he dies, Fox's foot hits the accelerator pad and he ends up running over DC Head. Oh. So fuck. he's, he's not, DC Head wasn't dead, he was dying from no, his wound, but now but he's The chances of him surviving were slim, but they're now even definitely, definitely more dead. Slim. He's accidentally running yeah. over. So fucking everyone's dead. All the police, oh well, just the three policemen, the three guys are fine. Yeah. So that's what, that's, that's what happens. Full on ambush, Jesus. So uh, John Duddy and Harry Roberts got back into the van, and John Whitney reversed rapidly down the side street and pulled out onto Wolfstan Street before driving away at speed. One question: This is a residential er- area. Like, do you reckon they know what happened because people are obviously looking out their windows and things and seeing? Well, when I watched the video, I don't know if this is actually true because I haven't been there. But when I watched like the reenactments. So, you know, like old school prisons, they've got those massive brick walls and they're yeah. like usually like inner city prisons, like they back right out onto council estates and stuff, don't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's got a massive brick wall and they're parked next to it. And then the other side of the wall. So if you're looking out towards yeah. the other side of the car, it's like a massive park. Oh, I see. Okay. And there are council estates around, but not directly where the car is. Right. Okay. See, I was imagining it being like a proper like. I was imagine being like Walton Prison in Liverpool, where it's literally the prison, the road, and then a row of houses. Yeah, and I can. Yeah. I, it's hard for me to kind of get the concept because the prison that I work at 
It's literally in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, however, a passerby, like we just questioned if there was one, um, suspicious of a car driving so fast near the prison, had written down the registration plate. This is my type of guy. They are proactive. So Whitney, the owner of the van, which is a bit of a stupid move, isn't it? If you're driving a getaway car, you're surely, as the criminal mind, you're going to think to either steal it or use someone else's that you know. You're not going to. You don't want to be directly linked to that in your own van. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, No, it's fine. Um, But yeah, so like, I mean, it's common common sense, I suppose, like criminal sense. (laughs) So Whitney was the owner of the van and was arrested in his home six hours after the incident. Again, if your plan is not to get caught and not get arrested, why are you going home? Try and use something. Yeah, don't go home after you know you just killed three police officers, and then try not to link yourself directly to the crime, especially by the getaway car. Like These are top tips from Lydia and Grace: how to get away with murder. <laughs> but honestly, like it's just honestly, criminals are fucking idiots. Mm. Like, Following the tip-off, the van was discovered the next day in a locked-up garage rented by Whitney. Again, he's got a direct link. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they're just so fucking stupid. Um, which was under a wa- railway bridge in Vauxhall. It contained some spent 38mm cartridges and the equipment that could be used for stealing carts. Again, he used a 38 caliber gun and... Yeah, they're linking themselves to another crime yeah. by stealing cars. If you've got the equipment to steal a car, why wouldn't you steal a car and use that instead? Yeah. <laughs> no common sense. <laughs> Again, I'm not like condoning any sort of crime or whatever, but like people just aren't smart. Like Initially, Whitney pretended that he had sold the van for £15, which doesn't seem like a lot, but I think back then, like even in the 70s or 60s or 70s, it would have been a lot. Like, No, yeah. I mean, the, the rate of inflation is not going to be how much a car would have actually been worth. No, I know. No, I know. To an unknown man in the pub, obviously, you're going to say, well, I didn't know him. He was just a passerby. He came in for a cheeky pint. <laughs> earlier in the day, but confessed on the 14th of August, admitting what had happened and naming his accomplices. Snitch! Snitches get stitches. (laughs) (laughs) Duddy had fled to his hometown of Glasgow, but was arrested on the 17th of August using information obtained from his brother. Who is his brother? The nice one guy. Oh. Dobbin in your own family. Someone Duddy. There is no loyalty when it comes to crime, isn't there? Jesus. Not in the 60s. Yeah. Roberts hid out in Thorley Wood near Bishop's Storford in Hertfordshire, which is not far from you, no. to avoid the huge manhunt. He used his military training to avoid the police capture for three months. That's a long time. That, like. that makes me think of, what's that program where they like hunt down people? Manhunt. Yeah, that's what it makes me think of. He's just like hidden a bush for three months, camouflaged. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't have had like as much surveillance nowadays and things. Like, it's very easy to find people nowadays. A one thousand pound reward was offered for information leading to his arrest. He was finally arrested on the fifteenth of November while sleeping in a barn at Blount's Farm near Thorley Wood. 
Roberts was familiar with the area as he had often visited as a child with his mother. But you still got caught, didn't you? Yep. The trial of Whitney and Daddy began at the Old Bailey on the 14th of November, but was almost immediately adjourned after Roberts' arrest so that the three men could be tried together. Roberts pleaded guilty for the murders of DS Head and DC Woonwell, but not that of PC Fox. To be fair, he didn't kill PC Fox. Yeah. While the other two defendants denied all charges, only Whitney testified in his own defence, saying that he and Daddy were terrified of Roberts. I mean, Question. I can't, can't believe that. Yeah. I know he pled not guilty for the um, murder of PC Fox, yeah. but the argument could be said that without his actions, PC Fox would still be alive. Well, so it's still, still yeah, it's still joint enterprise, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah. On, on the 12th of December 1966, after a trial lasting just six days, the three men were convicted of murder and possession of firearms and sentenced to life imprisonment. The jury took just 30 minutes to reach their verdict. The judge, Mr Justice Glenn Jones, recommended that they serve at least 30 years before becoming eligible for parole. The murders occurred just eight months after the Murder Act 1956, which is the abolition of the death penalty. Um, he commented that the murders were the most heinous crimes to have been committed in this country for a generation or more. So they're very lucky because they've killed three policemen. If they'd done it eight mm. months earlier, they probably would have got the death penalty for that, something like that. Yeah, like definitely make it an example of. But, yeah. I mean, me saying that they're the most heinous crimes to have been committed in this country for a whole generation, that's a big claim. Like well, I know three what was going on in the 50s? It might be right. They might have had a quiet 10 years for crime. I can't <laughs> even think. Yeah, the 70s is when it gets juicy, so... I suppose if it's, like, the biggest crime to happen to a police officer as well, that's, like, a whole oh, yeah. other level, isn't it? Yeah. 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 The murders caused outrage in the UK, and there were calls for the reintroduction of the recently abolished death penalty and for an increase in the number of police officers trained to use firearms. British police officers, if you didn't know, are normally unarmed. Like, it's been that way for I don't even know how long. Forever, probably. Mm. Yeah. So they'd never really um, carried them. But I do find it weird how, like, well, I don't find it weird at all, but the fact that um, Northern Ireland still carry them and that we don't hear about any... uh, police brutality and people innocent people getting shot as opposed to what america yeah yeah <laughs> just saying just i don't saying. know i can't even get into that right now it's my brain will just I explode know. i can't even talk about that <laughs> i know it's just me me wanting to get political and i it's it's no i mean you, you're right you've got a point but is it just yeah. that is it just that the world has more eyes on america Maybe, but I think as well, because Northern Ireland is such a small area, something like that to happen would be a massive thing as well. Mm. Whereas you don't even hear about half the, half the stuff that happens in America because it is kept so locally. Mm. Fun fact, Americans do not get international news on the news channels. They only get local news and oh, national course, news. Like, that's the most American thing I've ever heard, of course. I know. So unless, so unless they actively go and seek out what's happening in the rest of the world, this is why America thinks they're the best, because they have no fucking idea what's going on in the rest of the world. 
like as a rule whereas here we are talking about everyone (laughs) (laughs) okay enough shitting on america for now let's pick that up next episode The Metropolitan Police Firearms Wing was established soon after this incident. 600 police officers in the Met lined the route of the three victims' funeral procession in Shepherd's Bush. A a memorial service in Westminster Abbey was attended by Prime Minister Harold Wilson, leader of the opposition... Leader of the opposition, Edward Heath, and many other dignitaries, as well as thousands of police officers from all over the country. That's a big thing to have your funeral in Westminster Abbey. Like, Well, they do that a lot, don't they, when a policeman dies? It's always a big thing in England, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, like, I'm sure it happens more, but I've never known, like, a non-dignitary. Yeah, funeral to, yeah you're right. Maybe yeah. it's because it was three people. Yeah, yeah. Um... More than 1,000 members of the public stood in mourning outside the Abbey and holiday camp owner Billy Butlin, we love a bit of Butlins, donated £250,000 to the new Police Dependents Trust and it had soon raised more than £1 million. In 1988, the Police Memorial Trust established a stone memorial for the three officers at the site of the incident in Baybrook Street. Author Kate Kay, who interviewed Roberts for her book, Natural Born Killers. I feel like that's a book that we both need to read. Yeah, <laughs> but it's got people like this guy in it. and uh, it's not really Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. In the book, she said that Roberts had no remorse for his victims and recreates the murder in art and pastry decorations. Like making apple pies and decorating them with pastry cuts of the policemen being shot. I'm sorry, that man deserves to be in Ashworth. This man has a mental issue. This man is the brain behind Great British Bake Off. Oh, my God. Very, very, eat your heart out, hun. That is like... It's fucked up, isn't it? It's like psycho on another fucking level. No, it's not psycho, it's just narcissistic i think no i mean psycho i mean like crazy like yeah, i think like i don't that know dude has some issues like mentally i don't think it's even that i think he just loves himself i think he's just proud of what he did but i just that's just ridiculous to me honestly i'm so like astounded by that <laughs> like, what the actual fuck so after they were convicted, John Daddy died in Parkhurst Prison on the 8th of February 1981. Very boring. No one cares. See you later. Yeah. John Whitney was released from prison in 1991. This caused some controversy as he had not served the full 30 years recommended by the judge and was thought to be the first adult to be released early on licence after killing a police officer. Karma came and got him because in August 1999, while at home in Bristol, his flatmate beat him to death with a hammer. Wow. His flatmate was on heroin um, and police ruled out any connection between this murder and the events of 1966. Basically, his flatmate was just high on heroin and beat him to death with the hand. Yeah. Which yeah. is sucks. Uh, it was reported in February 2009 that Harry Roberts hopes to be freed from prison within months. After serving 42 years and having already completed the first stage of a parole board hearing, he believed that his release was imminent. 
Roberts hoped a final appeal, a final hearing, would find that at 72 years of age, she was no longer a risk to the public. I mean, 42 years in prison is a long time. I mean, at 72, like, can you really be arsed going back out in public? Like, everything's changed so much. Like, you might as well just stay where you know, like... By this time, Harry had already served 12 years more than the minimum term recommended by his trial judge, who at the time of sentencing had told Roberts that it was unlikely that any future Home Secretary would, quote, ever think fit to show mercy by releasing you on licence. This is one of those cases in which the sentence of imprisonment for life may well be treated as meaning exactly what it says. In October 2014, the Parole Board of England and Wales approved Robert's release and he was released from prison on the 11th of November 2014. His release in 2014 caused outrage when within the Police Federation of England and Wales, who demanded that such a murderer not be released. Then the Metropolitan Police Commissioner, Bernard Hogan Howe, also criticised the parole board's decision to release Roberts. The daughter of one of the murdered police officers, PC Jeffrey Fox, says she was sickened to learn that Roberts was to be released without any prior warning. Mandy Fox described the decision as utter disgrace. The then Mayor of London, Boris Johnson, good old Boris, said that people in the city would be absolutely sickened by his release, but nevertheless it happened. I like I always thought it was like there was some sort of law or whatever in place that had to warn vi- the victims of crime if obviously if they are there that their abuser or whatever is being let out. I I, I just really, always thought it was like a rule like that I really don't think that's a thing. Or like I, if they if they've got a parole hearing like they get the chance to come and say their piece like no. A lot of some places in England do do that restorative justice where you meet with the victim and blah blah blah. But a lot, yeah, yeah. I would say like ninety percent of prisons don't do that. Yeah. So there you have it: the Shepherd's Bush murders. It wasn't very gruesome or gory, but it is one of those crimes that really needs to be talked about and remembered. And it isn't. It isn't. It's not talked about. Like, no. Um. I couldn't really, like, when I was looking at, like, podcasts and stuff, I found a couple, but it wasn't really much. It's not very, like, it sounds bad, but, like, it's not very glamorous. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because it's not, like, all gory and you don't have, like, oh, a pretty murderer. Yeah, or, like, and it's not, like, serial killer, like, manhunt or, like, all dead, mysterious, you know, like, with the um, Yorkshire Ripper, like, half the interest in that is because it was so mysterious for so long, like, um, it was just a crime committed by career criminals and, unfortunately, three men died, like. Yeah. But I am I am actually really interested as to why they were there in the first place. I don't think you'll ever get an I know. So well them. you won't know, will you? Because two of them are dead and the other one's like Yeah. So I them. personally I think someone was waiting to escape that day and that day never came. How human them. would you be? You probably paid him like thousands of pounds to help you escape and you're exactly. sitting there the other side of the wall, absolutely fuming. Exactly. So yes. So um that's it. So we hope you enjoyed. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can find us by typing in everything with the girls in the search bar. We're not exactly on the top charts, just <laughs> but we hope to be there someday. <laughs> yeah, so we are on Instagram at everything with the girls pod. 
uh, go give us a cheeky follow and mm. let us know if there are any other topics you would like us to uh, talk about. And also, I'm going to say it again. If you use Apple Podcasts, please go review us because it's only Grace's daddy's reviewed us so far and I'm very grateful for it. But we need some more. <laughs> I'd like well. more than one though, please. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Have a nice week. Yeah, Bye. Bye.